0: I mean, I think that everybody is concerned about the virus, certainly, but they're also concerned about making sure they maintain as much normalcy in their life as they can. And you need to get to the grocery store, you may need to get to the pharmacy. And there are certain things that you absolutely need to do in order that you can preserve your daily life.
1: Welcome to another episode of Think Box Radio a podcast inspired by Sears ThinkBox, the innovation center at Case Western Reserve University. Our goal is to share some of the magic that happens at the Case School of Engineering and to inspire your own innovations and startups. ThinkBox Radio is produced by Lillian Messner and sponsored by the Case Alumni Association. Now let's meet our host, Robert Smith, the former economic development reporter for the Cleveland Plain Dealer.
2: Hello everybody, this is Robert Smith, and welcome to another Zoom edition of ThinkBox Radio, the podcast that celebrates science and innovation. Today we have a special show that we hope is going to help you to stay safe as this pandemic cools. People are venturing back into restaurants, getting haircuts, planning picnics. How do you know where it's safe to go? Thanks to a pair of case researchers, there's an online tool that can help you find out. Alpha Satellite uses artificial intelligence to analyze data from a range of sources then presents the coronavirus risk in a specific area. Punch in an address and voila, you get a risk assessment. I use it to pick grocery stores. I know people who use it every day to check on the relative safety of their kids away at college or their parents who live out of state. The satellite view of the pandemic has proven popular as you might have imagined. Since it went live in April, more than 50,000 people have used it. Today, we're going to talk with the researchers who invented this tool and learn how maybe we could be using it better. Yan Fang Fanny Yi is a computer scientist and an associate professor in the Department of Computer and Data Sciences at the Case School of Engineering. Ken Leparo is a systems engineer and the Arthur L. Parker professor at the Case School of Engineering. He's also the faculty director of Isaacs. Institute for Smart, Secure, and Connected Systems, of which Fannie is a member. Ken and Fannie, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Bob.
3: Thank you, Bob.
2: All right, Ken, I'm going to start with you. What is Alpha Satellite, and what are you hoping it'll do for us?
0: So the original inspiration uh, for Alpha Satellite came from Fannie when Fannie was actually at the National Science Foundation uh, as part of a review panel, And at that time, this was sort of late February, and things were of course heating up in China and Wuhan relative to what was happening with this sort of novel coronavirus that we now refer to as COVID-19. And um, realized that there was a real opportunity based on ideas and work that she had been doing in the area of using data in order to better understand um, behaviors and how things were actually transpiring. And so when she came back, we got together and talked about the importance of putting together a tool that would use heterogeneous, publicly available data so that we could stay away from any sort of private and privacy and security issues that would be associated with personalized or Sort of data that is protected and use that data in unique ways to assess how demographics, which would be population density, traffic density, um, public perception on the virus, all could be combined together in a unique way, learning machine using machine learning kind of algorithms and methods, to come up with a relative community-level risk assessment tool. The idea was because the coronavirus is transmitted through or its transmission is enhanced by close contact because of the fact that it is a respiratory virus and very often will be transmitted by droplets from one person to another, that in order to stop the spread of the virus or slow it down, social distancing became an important guideline. And whether it's six feet or 10 feet or 12 feet, it's not quite clear what the issues exactly are, but being in places where there are large numbers of individuals definitely will increase your risk simply because of the probability of somebody in that group might have the virus or have had the virus. Maybe they're asymptomatic and don't even know that they have it. And that the probability for somebody coming in close contact, if the population density is higher, is going to be more significant.
2: But okay. go ahead. No, so, absent a vaccine, social distancing is our only weapon.
3: Yeah. Social distancing. I, I before a drug oh, all a vaccine became available, uh, like, uh, I mean, uh, there's a more official term called community mitigation will be the most readily and efficient way to help combat COVID-19. So
2: Ken, tell us, what are some of the ways people have been using Alpha Satellite that you hear?
0: Well, you know, I mean, I think that everybody is concerned about the virus, certainly but they're also concerned about making sure they maintain as much normalcy in their life as they can. And you need to get to the grocery store, you may need to get to the pharmacy, and there are certain things that you absolutely need to do in order that you can preserve your daily life. I think the other place where people are using it, so using it the way you used it, Bob, looking at grocery stores, Comparing if I have choices to make, what choice should I make and and to go to a grocery store or go to a pharmacy based on the community level risk that you can assess from the point of interest to the region around it, the county, to what's happening in the city or the state. I think it's really going to be most important, though, as we begin to reopen, because now um, we're... We're releasing lockdown restrictions. We're opening barbershops, uh, beauty salons. Um, we're opening yeah. up restaurants. Um, people need to make choices and they need to decide if I'm going to go to a restaurant and these are my favorite restaurants, which one should I go to? Yeah. And so I think that people are using it simply to understand what is happening out in the community and how should they make a decision, a personal decision based on the guidelines that were given from the local health department, that were given from the county, that were given from Governor DeWine's office and from the data from Alpha Satellite.
2: Fannie, I want to ask you about your sources. You're a data scientist. I know you look for sources of information. What are your main sources of information with this tool? What makes it work?
3: Uh, These like, uh, data uh, are collected from multiple sources, including disease-related data from official, organi- health, uh, official health organizations, such as CDC, uh, WHO, and also like a uh, state and county level, uh, government website, and also digital media. And uh, the second source is like uh, demographic data, uh, including like, uh, the esti- estimating uh, population, countywide, and statewide, and also citywide, as well as the uh, demographic density, age, and also gender distributions. This is the second element. The third element of the data source is like social media data. So we collect the data from uh, Reddit and Twitter to uh, automatically. Reddit
2: and Twitter? Yes, right. Why, what does that tell you?
3: Uh, we are going to assess the public perception in terms of people, how they perceive like uh, the severity of COVID-19, how serious they are, how aware they are in terms of oh, like- uh,
2: Whether there's social distancing and wearing masks and all that?
3: Uh, like we analyze the posts in Twitter and Reddit, and then we automatically assess their perception. So for
2: okay. example,
0: For example, Bob, if there's an area where people are unaware or don't believe that COVID-19 is actually a threat, probably not someplace you want to go because the chances of them practicing social distancing or them wearing a mask is probably slim to none.
2: Okay.
3: And the first like, uh, data source we use for this estimation is like, uh, the mobility data, including like, uh, the real-time traffic status, uh, and also, like uh, just now, I showed you like the transmission, like uh, the traffic transmission at county level and also state level. Mm-hmm. So basically, at this stage, we mainly leverage like uh, all this data for the model to learn the risk of any specific POI.
2: Okay, and, and obviously, you had to rank this various data. Yes. And then you are using artificial intelligence to do what?
3: Uh, to devise the model to, to learn like uh, how can, because this number is not provided by human. We cannot yeah. provide the, the number. So we need to have an automatic tour to leverage all this multi-source data. So like uh, for artificial intelligence model, there's like uh, two goals. Actually, the goal are twofold. The first, you need to have the integral model to aggregate all this multi-source data together. How can you like a model that is capable to aggregate all this data in an elegant way? So this is the first part. How can you model the multi-source data? The second part is like a uh, built on this model. How can you devise the algorithm, for example, leverage the graph neural network to aggregate the nearby information to give the estimation of individual POI?
2: Yeah, how do you do that? Someone has, So someone had to create an algorithm that does all that for you, elegantly to use your word.
3: Oh, uh, actually, we-
2: I love it. That. that's a data again. science word.
3: Because, like, uh, I and Ken have been working uh, together for uh, a while uh, since I joined CASE. And, uh, like, uh, we devised this algorithm by working together with my uh, graduate students in the lab.
2: Oh, I forgot so to right mention.
3: Now, right now- I forgot we to mention,
2: folks, to- there's a team of graduate students Doing a lot of the heavy
3: lifting. They're all yes, yeah. We have like a very small and intelligent uh, students in our lab. Like uh, currently, there are seven students in my lab participate in this project, six PhD students and one master student. Okay. So that this is definitely like a big investment for the project. I have to okay
2: start. yes. No, you gotta have them. Um, you know, and as
0: Fanny pointed out, this data is very heterogeneous, it's very, very different. So It's not clear how the data should be compared or used in a collaborative or coordinated way. So the AI tools that are used provide ways of helping to facilitate that
2: process. We're going to pause for a moment here for a word from our sponsor, the Case Alumni Association.
1: ThinkBox Radio is brought to you by the Case Alumni Association, which represents the engineering, science, and math graduates of Case Western Reserve University. We're the oldest independent alumni association of engineering and applied science graduates in America. Have you heard of us? If not, you've heard of our graduates. Case grads include Henry Dow, the founder of Dow Chemical, Frank Rudy, the inventor of the Nike Air Soul, Paul Buchheit, the creator of Gmail, and Jeanette Griselli brown the first female director of corporate research at BP America. At CASE, we're proud of our spirit of discovery and innovation, which is why we support ThinkBox, the world-class innovation center at the CASE School of Engineering.
2: How good do you think your assessment is?
3: Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, like uh, we we just submit we just submit a general paper which is under review, and then we're also working on another conference paper. Uh, I and team work together and also lead our uh, graduate student for these two works. So like once like we have the uh, uh, we have like uh, the review uh, result from. From like uh, the, the panel, then we can release our paper for how we estimate our system. Actually, we have like a, a real world annotated data set, including like a thousands of the POIs uh, per the user feedback. Uh, like a, because you can see in our system, we also enable users to provide us the feedback in terms of how they perceive the risk. Uh, and then compare with our own like uh, estimation, what do they think? And then based on like a uh, uh, of uh, the annotated uh, POIs, then we systematically evaluate our system by comparisons with other state of the art.
0: Because okay. the, the, the challenge here, like unlike in many other cases, there's really no ground truth um, right. directly. So you have to assess this in a more subjective or indirect way. What makes this pandemic, I think, very, very different than the one 100 or so years ago um, with the Spanish flu is that as that pandemic evolved, people were completely unaware of what was happening. It would never have been possible to do something like is being done now with Alpha Satellite, back in 1918, because the full story and the full history of the 1918 flu epidemic was not known until well after the flu epidemic had ended. And one could retrospectively analyze all of that data. But here, you're actually building history as it goes. And because of the connectivity And the rich availability of data and the ability, as Fanny pointed out, to model and analyze and aggregate this data and then make reasonable or meaningful inferences using computational algorithms. We're able to do this as the pandemic is evolving and changing dynamically.
3: Yeah, I, I would like to add one more thing. We not only like empirically evaluate the utility of like alpha Drive, but we also objectively and also systematically evaluate our performance. But of course, as like this situation change rapidly, it's <laughs> very fast evolving, then your like evaluation indexes and also your benchmark will change like accordingly. So this is one of the challenges of the technical technical part.
2: Was, was there a data source that turned out to work surprisingly well? Like uh, uh, you mean wow, like a,
3: well, those data source which like, uh, works surprisingly well? Yes. Okay. The, and there's not only individual factor like this would be dominant for others, okay. but it's really a combination.
0: Okay. And it's very difficult to tear some of those apart because a lot of the information contained in multiple data sources is redundant. There are some overlaps and some of this data is positively correlated with each other or negatively correlated with each other. And hence it's very, very difficult a priori to decide what that is and try to tear it apart. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about using um, these AI and ML algorithms properly constrained and implemented to to take advantage of those correlations and provide meaningful inferences
2: yes have you added any new sources or subtracted any based on user feedback
3: yeah, we did integrate users' feedback. For example, like for the analysis board, we did take the uh, some of the feedback from the users and uh, we very appreciate like the feedback provided by our, by our users, which like uh, uh which like uh, appreciate our work, appreciate the ease of the use. And also, the utility of like a risk estimation. And uh, they also said, like, a, the feedback from the clinician and also the general users, they said, like, a, this is like a kind of very helpful for them in their daily life and also facilitate them to make the uh, decision making for the decision making. Okay, okay, excellent. For the reopening uh, procedure and so on, yeah.
2: I want to touch upon the second stage of your plan. So you guys just got a, um, a rapid response grant from the National Science Foundation of about $85,000. So you got some money to work with. What's the next plan here?
0: The Alpha Satellite platform, I think, is a illustration of what can be done by harnessing the power of data and effectively using this data for community benefit. And I think Fanny points out very accurately and very well that as we reopen, um, the hope is is that the tool not only provides information or guidance to individuals, but maybe it could be used as it gains momentum and gains um, confidence. It could be used by uh, officials, people that are looking at the tempo of which things reopen, um, what is the impact that reopening is having, and how might we better manage the spatial and temporal dynamics of reopening strategies in order to not unravel the great work that we've done, let's say, in Ohio over the the last three months. You don't want to
2: go backwards.
0: You don't want to go backwards. And so I think that right now it's a tool that is using historical data and current data to provide uh, near real-time surveillance of the situation. Fanny and I have been talking a lot about how do we use this now as a scenario tool that is a more as a more proactive tool, as a more predictive predictive tool, to be able to look at. If certain reopening strategies or scenarios change, how might they influence in a predictive way Mm. what the community level risk might be? So, you know, a very wise person once told me that prediction is fiction, okay? And so when one makes predictions or forward inferences, you have to be very, very careful. But as a scenario analysis tool, And how you would use this in a forward, proactive way, I think, are the places where we can begin to look at extending the tool and maybe providing platform technologies that don't just help with COVID-19, but help with general problems of this class.
2: Wow. Well, that's great. Guys, congratulations on your success so far. And keep going. We need this. And it really does show the power of data science to help inform our decision making.
1: And that concludes another episode of Think Box Radio, stories inspired by America's leading college innovation center. You can find past episodes on our website, casealum.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, our motto at Case Western Reserve University is, think beyond the possible.